Hello, <clears throat> hello, and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Chris. And me, Matt. You sound a bit husky, Chris. I have a cold. Oh. It's oh. Snotsville, where I am. The 1st of October. That's, uh, that's what it's the date a, is when we're here. Yeah, it, well, it's been a lingering one. I've had it for uh, about a week, at least. I've had, uh, you know, the typical man flu, where you've got the sh- a bit shivery, a bit achy, headaches, sweats and everything's pretty much hard work and, and not worth the effort. And any woman you bump into goes, oh, you got man flu. I have a, a bullshit fact that you could throw in their tiny, tiny faces for this. Yeah. Um, and this might be an internet bullshit fact, but apparently a study was done. This is all, all, all internet bullshit facts start with a study, don't they? A study was performed of three yeah. people, um, but no, they um, did a study and worked out that man flu is real um, in the sense that um, what it is, is the males of the species tend to get colds worse for a short period of time than the female of the species do. And it, they reckon it harks back to our caveman days where yeah. um, a, the female of the species would be looking after the children and the fire and stuff which mm. didn't involve them having to sort of physically assert themselves very much so that they would then, you know, they could have a cold for longer and it wouldn't necessarily impact on their day-to-day activities. Mm. If a man had a cold for a long time, then they wouldn't be able to eat. It, cool. it, yeah. yeah. It kind of sounds feasible, but also sounds a lot like patriarchal bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of the movie Bunker podcast, uh, as oh, I forgot that's why we're here, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> so I'm, we're going. I'm going to sniff my way through this uh, podcast. So it's going to be a bastard yeah. for you to edit. Yes. That'd be I nice. Not cutting out your sniffs. Your sniffs no. staying in. They are too frequent for me to even consider editing them out. Yeah, well, I do my best. If it, I mean, I'll just, I'll just drip out onto the keyboard. Just, it's just fine. Let it flow. Just yeah. you know, take one for the team. <laughs> just let it flood out. So anyone who's not listened to the Movie Bunker podcast before, um, well, obviously would have turned off by now because they would have heard us talking about... Um, <laughs> this isn't about films. <laughs> yeah. Um, but essentially, we take the world's worst films or critically panned movies and we review them with uh, a, an open mind and a feeling that we might actually find the good things to say about them. And then in our sort of sister podcast that we also... Uh, release on maybe every other week or when we feel like it is when we take people from the media or journalists or um, uh, film critics to talk about films that are dear to them or that they can defend the honor of so maybe films that were critically panned by their peers but they actually have a soft spot for and so there's a, a nice little kind of uh like a accompanying podcast that goes along with the main review podcast and they're really it's really worth uh, delving into those back catalog if you haven't already and listening back to some of them and we also do these crazy uh like filler things where we talk (laughs) about um that the the current thing is the pitch where you and i uh, feel that we can pitch a movie idea to each other in the vain hope that either one of us will think is a good idea and um maybe potentially give it give it the budget it needs to release it out into the world i think the vain hope is that, it, that someone would actually listen and go yes 
I, I'm a multi-million pound producer. That sounds like something I can get behind. Mm. I need to give these guys money and not just steal their idea because they put it into a public forum. Oh, no. They, they would be yeah. decent human beings about it. Yeah, well, I mean, we can, fingers are crossed, uh, put it that way. Um, and one day we'll, you'll, you'll get to make your, your weird squirty film and I'll, I'll make the, the, the underwater sea opera thing that I've been dying to do for years and years. Weird squirty film? Yeah, well, I made that, I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> about, about a lost, um, I don't know, a lost sea turtle or something. That, that, I'll, t- I'll tell you what we should do for the next couple of pitches is after, because we've got a couple in the background and a couple prepared, is that uh, we, we, we should need to suggest something, an element that has to go into the, the following guy's pitch. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So squirty. Squirty thing will have to be in one of my future pitches. Yeah, squirty the sea turtle. <laughs> right so this film today's this film, film yes yeah, sorry we did a film yeah because an, another thing happened we we obviously every episode we have an idea of what we're gonna do the next episode and then something drops and we go oh let's do that and the predator the remake from last year 2018 dropped on sky and we're doing like, some oh. really recent films and i think that's really obvious that films are shit if we're managing to watch them on television (laughs) like i haven't bought this i haven't nicked it from the internet it was available on my subscription television to watch within it's got been within the year right it's not even been a full year yeah absolutely yeah they've quick release i think we'll call this is to get out there and try and make some more money but you, you may remember it was a bit, con- lots of controversy around this film when it was released, and we'll get into that a bit later on. Cause it's quite an interesting story. But directed by uh, Shane Black, the Shane, Shane Black. Black, he can do no wrong. Sure, he can do no wrong. He's a great director, writer. <clears throat> and when uh, when when this was announced, everyone was like, "Oh, what a great decision!" But anyway, before we get there, let's listen to the trailer. Hold on, you can't just do that. Here's the trailer. Thank fuck. Do you know what my job description is? I'm in acquisitions. I look up and I catch what falls out of the sky. What's on the ship? about the mission. Did you see anything unusual? It's above our big ring. Do I get a cookie now? <laughs> Look, I get it. Something went down in Mexico. Nobody wants any witnesses. We need to know if you and your man pose a threat. We're rangers. Hey, Baxley, if your mom's vagina were a video game, it'd be rated E for everyone. <laughs> Isn't posing a threat. <laughs> kind of the fucking point. Predators just don't sit around making hats out of rib cages. They conquered space. But that's not what's on the horizon. Should I be worried? Rally. 
I think you know what is on the ship. <laughs> the ultimate predators. Light him up! We may die. We're still here. So come and get us, motherfucker. So I'll give you the quick plop synopsis, okay, of the this, not reimagining, but it's a kind of sequel, really, The Predator. When a young boy accidentally triggers the universe's most lethal hunter's return to Earth, only a ragtag crew of ex-soldiers and a disgruntled scientist can prevent the end of the human race. In a, in a nutshell, that's what it was. But I mean, yes, 2018, as we said, directed by Shane Black, who's got an amazing cinema. Uh, like, uh, yes, and a few of my like favourite films. I mean, I think the last Boy Scout has to be Bruce Willis's most underrated film, and one of my favourite of those sort of uh, 90s action fests that is probably not seen by a huge amount of people. It's brilliant. And then Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I mean. Robert Danny Jr. should be just following Shane Black around and just thanking him constantly because without that film, there is no Iron Man. You yeah. know, that, that saw the, um, oh, what's it called? The, not the redemption, it's got a word of it, the... Uh, the Downey Dem- Demption. The Downey Demption, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that saw the start of the Downey Demption. And, and is, a, is a brilliant film. And again, um, well, I think we've referenced it a few times in other ones of um, another podcast about how, how to do a certain style of film. The Happy Time Murders, I believe, <laughs> referenced it in, um, strangely. But yeah, it's yeah. really good films and like a, a good, solid. I mean, there's a few in there, but um, apart from that, there, you know, it, when this was announced, I was happy because... The Predator, no, no, not The Predator, sorry, Predator, Jesus Christ, by putting the in it does not make it original, it makes it just tricky to find on the internet. Um, yeah. Predator is one of the most watchable films ever. Like, yeah. I think we've, we often talk about Predator, of just being, like, if you're flicking through and it's on, and it doesn't matter what point it's on and at what time of night it is, you, you watch that fucking film. You don't carry on flicking, you are done. You have found what you were looking for. You are home. Yeah. And the, the fact that Shane Black was actually in it as well is, is a fantastic bit of... Um, yeah. I didn't realise it might be one of your little uh, tidbits, but he was actually brought in, like the acting role, and it was just to sort of get him in there, and he was meant to rewrite it whilst doing it. And he never oh. bothered because it was brilliant. I think as well, it's one of those movies I saw at a young age, obviously, you know, this and Robocop and things like Commando and Rambo. Oh, yeah. You know, all the films that you probably, you know, you shouldn't have watched as a child. But I think this was on a little bit later than uh, those movies. But it's just amazing. And it's just claustrophobic in, in a way. But it's spooky. It's probably scary as well. And there's loads of mystery in, and bloody and a bit and gory. But um, such a fantastic sci-fi yeah, and the tone, uh, the tone shift is brilliant because, I mean, in, in a world before, you know, the internet and 
400 trailers before a film comes out and pre-screenings and pre-reviews and leaked on Twitter. Before all that, you know, you had Arnie in a film called Predator. You didn't really know what the fuck was going to happen in it. It just, you just thought it was another Arnie film. And, you know, the, the opening uh, uh, quarter of the film is, is, is just pure Arnie film. It's just them, some bad guys. There's a little bit of a weird thing going on. What's going on? And then, whoa, there's a, an invisible alien hunter dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, what they do and how they introduce that element to it is oh. fantastic. I remember I had it on VHS and I didn't even, there was a bit where I was thinking, because I used to watch it quite a lot on repeat sort of thing. And I remember they thinking, I never, you never, you never, you never see the alien like coming to earth, but you do. And I just didn't have do, that. Yeah. Bit, I just didn't have that bit recorded for no, some reason. My video started. Yeah. I don't think that must've been on one of the original sort of TV releases. Cause I think that's where I would have seen it because I, I remember watching it not too long ago and it's, and seeing the spacecraft right at the start and just yeah. going, I've never seen that before. Yeah. I think it was um, it was always a big mystery as to how the alien got there, and I liked the idea in a way that there was no backstory to or any kind of uh, you know signage to say yeah there is an alien crash landed <laughs> in the jungle. It was just a, it appeared, and that, the mystery around surrounding that was phenomenal. Yeah, but, so, so uh, the film was made better yeah. by a shoddy cut that we saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but even um, Predator Two with the, with Danny Glover was uh, was pretty good, and that's it's in the same vein. It's something that will you'll sit and watch because it's so over the top. It's got a very, yeah. it's obvious, it's obvious time as well. It's, 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 um, it's evolved with the movies that, you know, came out in, in that, in that era as well. So it's got a little bit of Paul Ver, uh, Verhoeven in it as well. I think is, it, it reminds me of Robocop a little bit more than potentially the first one does in terms of tone and the, and the violence and some of the uh, tongue and cheekness of it. And then it all goes a little bit wrong. It's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, it does. Everyone kind of knew. Everyone knew that Predator was an amazing character, and of course, it had video games, and then there was like you know comics, and then the Alien versus Predator thing was a uh, thing. And well, because of that one skull that you saw in the ship in Predator Two, and everyone lost their shit. Yeah, yeah, but those two movies, the the, the uh, Alien versus Predator movies, are watchable, but they're you know they're. Yeah. Are they watchable though? Because I mean, and I don't. I, I, I don't mind them. I don't mind them. To be fair, oh, but the alien part of it is just so. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I suppose the, the, the two worlds don't really go together. I guess, but they, I can see why it it it's fun. Oh, well, it is fun because you know, yeah. Why wouldn't the predator go after another lethal? Yeah, it made uh, sense, didn't it? He was a hunter, and like they're they're obviously a bad thing to hunt. So it sounds like that sounds like a cool thing to do. Um, I didn't mind Predators, the the more recent one. That was okay. That was kind of more back to the original, you know. But they sort of flipped it on its head and put humans on their planet, so to speak. So yeah, like the hunting world. Um, that 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 film, I think, is a bit of an underrated gem if i'm honest i think that is very good it loads of loads of nods and winks to the original in terms of the cast and you know how they interact with each other and stuff and the yeah. prisoner element to it's really good um the fact that they're on like a you know another world is is even better and how we how they get there is never really fleshed out or I, from what i can remember and the action's good and also it's a little bit scary and creepy because i think the, the, the thing about predator and we're going to get on to 
the, the film in a minute, but the thing, about, <laughs> the thing about Predator is it's a bit like Terminator and it's a bit like other horror films like Halloween and it's a bit like It Follows and stuff like that. It's just that you haven't got a hope in hell's chance against this thing. No. And the, only thing, the only thing you can do is just try and get away uh, out of harm's way. And, and I think that what's what scared me or, or not scared me, but made me anxious you know that's what ticked the boxes for me in the terms of that film is that it's a scary fucking alien or it's a big fucking robot or it's a relentless ghost um or a spirit or a demon and you've got no hope in hell of defeating it one-on-one you have to either you know use your wits or um cunning or you have to you know just keep running until it's over sort of thing um <laughs> and i, I this is what let's go of... back to what we talked about in the nun where we we think to ourselves if this is me in real life i'd be dead within three seconds but not because the predator killed me but because i shout myself to death yeah shoot, shoot yourself to death Body yeah, as, soon as, I, as soon as i see like a slight ghosty effect of his of his camouflage <laughs> and then yeah. oh god i've ruptured my innards by shiting wow. hard I mean, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't run either, would you? You would just sort of say, right, that's it. Yeah, go on, just do it quickly. But then, uh, because the predator's the way he is, he'd be like, no, that's not worth it. And he'd just walk past you. So ultimately, you'd win. You can hope that would happen. Or you might just but, be one of those evil ones that just, you know, sticks a, sticks a sword for you anyway. Just for fun, sits and giggles because you smell so bad. <laughs> yeah, but th- this is the... <laughs> This is the thing that's missing ultimately from this movie. Go, should we get into yeah, the let's, cast? Let's, let's, get right here. Let's, let's talk about the cast because it's got a, it's, it's got a fair cast, doesn't it? Yeah, the cast looks promising. Um, Boyd Holbrook plays Quinn. He's kind of like the, the the main lead. He's off the bat of Logan, I think. Um, yeah. The, 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 the Wolverine movie. Then you got Trevante Rhodes, who you would recognise from The Wire. Um, Bird Box. Yeah, he, he's superb in that. Um, I'm going to get onto him in a minute. He was poor in this, if I'm honest. Um, you've got a couple of comedians in there. Uh, Ke- Keegan Michael Key, who yeah. plays Coyle. He's like, um, is he funny or die kind of comedian from or, or Saturday Night Live? There's a lot of voice work from when I looked at his profile. A lot of voice work. <clears throat> then we've got um, the only woman in the cast, which is Olivia Munn, who plays the uh, the grumpy scientist from... You're from not forgetting that. about Yvonne Strahovski. Oh, she's in it too. Yeah, who is from Chuck and other bits and bobs off the TV. Uh, another surprise for me was Thomas Jane, uh, who plays Baxley, and he's like, what's he well known for apart from loads of stuff? But is the, is the Punisher shorts and things like that? Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the one I just, yeah, but he's kind of everything and uh, deep blue sea. Yeah, that's right. And he's quality. I like him. He's good. Oh, and uh, the the mist. He's brilliant in that. Uh, Alfie Allen, um, you'd recognise from Game of Thrones, Jake Boosie, uh, and there's uh, basically a lot of other blokes. Um, we've got two, <laughs> two women, it's a Dick Heavy film, um, and uh, a British actor, Sterling K. Brown, who plays the hispable villain, um, I guess you'd call him from. Yeah, he's from definitely the villain. But there's Jacob Tremblay as well, who plays the young autistic boy, or the son of Boyd Holbrook's character. Yeah. Um, he was from The Room, is it right? Is he a young child actor from The Room? Or yeah, right? yeah, and very good in that as well. Yeah, and this, he's... Hmm. Well... <laughs> uh, see, uh, can, we, can we talk about the child in The Room? We can. Right, so Shane Black was really adamant at the start, that, that this was going to be nothing apart from an R. An R uh, is an 18 in, 
England. You know, you have to. It's it's, it's going to be full on, back to the old school. You know, not trying to um, pander to the audiences. Um, and I don't see where a child fits into that film. I don't see how it's useful. Like the only reason you put a kid like this in a film with a character like this is if you want to appeal to children and give them a way into the film to watch. Mm. And it's, it's yeah. not, it's not for that. It's, this fucking film shouldn't be about that. You've gone, right. We want to make this an 18 film. Then just go full on 18. Don't piss about with a fucking autistic child. <laughs> it's the just not on. Yeah, the autism angle as well is isn't it? Oh. I mean, to be to be honest, you know that cinema is starting to reflect a lot of these sort of um, social issues in, in in characters now, which I think is fantastic. It is nothing wrong with having a child displaying autism issues within the film if it if it's doing something for the movie, and obviously it shows representation, which is what cinema should be doing in terms of evolving. Yeah, this know, this film can't pretend for to be representation. On one hand, it's got the autistic child who, you know, they go, okay, we're going to make him, you know, useful. He's going to be useful at the film. He's going to basically um, solve some problems. And then on the flip side of that, they have a a character of Tourette's that they just openly take the piss out of throughout the whole entire film. Yeah, and that's the tone, I think, that the majority of the reviews that I remember when they came out at the time, the tone and and how they, yeah, yeah, that, that, um, that shift between... The two is ridiculous, but yeah, he's a plot device. He's a he's a MacGuffin, isn't he? Because he's a, a wicked talking MacGuffin. It's a, how are we gonna? How's this? You know, how's this story gonna evolve? And how's the alien gonna get into the into the into our sort of characters' lives? How's it gonna work, sort of thing? And instead of thinking of a you know an adult doing something or some some device, they said <laughs> no, a small autistic child is gonna work out the algorithms to this gauntlet that's been found and he's going to open up a massive sat nav basically but it's complicated like wait when you distill down the first film like you distill it down and you have two scene two hunts you have the initial hunt with the um you know schwarzenegger's character going after the the um what he believes to be a hostage situation and then when that starts to fall apart then you have them hunted by it there isn't any subtext there's no need for MacGuffins there's nothing there at all that's it distilled perfect everything else after that is just fucking um basically one-liners and things that you quote for the rest of your life and scenes that you remember for the rest of your life that's what they've done they've just given you a route from a to b and in between they've blown some shit up and people die a lot mm. and, and in this they just massively overcomplicate them so can we go through the the weird the weird i mean obviously the plot synopsis was there but like in in terms of the actual structure of the film which obviously obviously will contain spoilers um we've never said this before because i think it's implied but hey (laughs) fuck it let's break the bank and just tell people there will be spoilers coming up now um so at at the beginning we see uh one of the spaceships being uh, uh, one of the predator spaceships being attacked by another predator spaceship and then suddenly the first predator spaceship opens up a rift, goes through it, um, but not open. It didn't do it earlier because it wasn't damaged. But as soon as it got damaged, it decided it needed to get away. And because it was damaged, it then crashes on Earth, which just happens to crash straight over the top of um, 
Boy Holbrook's character, Quinn. We just call him Quinn from now on. Quinn's character, who's kind of the the, the Arnie in the film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's there in the middle of a jungle. Well, is it in the middle? I think he's in Narnia because it's a jungle, but with a lamp. <laughs> so he's come through Narnia and he's hunting some people who happen to be hanging around the base of the only streetlight in the jungle. I'm sorry, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Tumnus. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Tumnus. I'm Lisa Pevensey. Which, yeah. you know, if you're going to do cool. crime, kids, go somewhere dark, because yeah. otherwise you're going to get sniped. Um, so the, the, the ship crashes right over the top of his head. Boom. And then he, I would, again, this is me, run the opposite direction. He goes towards it and ends up, like, stealing some of the shit, right? Yeah, he comes into direct contact with the with the predator, doesn't he, in the camouflage predator? And um, that's why he's chosen later on to do the mission or whatever, isn't it? Because he's yeah, cause, of... but he he kind of like um, he nicks an armband, a small then... ball, the little ball that makes you invisible, and a helmet. Yeah, yeah. and his, his his theory for this is that no one is going to believe him if he doesn't steal this stuff, yeah. despite the obvious massively crashed air um, spaceship behind it yeah and then he fed it fedex it, it back to his house <laughs> well he fedex the helmet he chooses to swallow the unknown alien device that's right because the ball in his mouth doesn't he he swallows it down yeah. now um <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a parent and you're a parent and you know about the dangers of swallowing whole grapes right <laughs> oh yeah no that's that's a bad that's a bad one that's a bad one so any any future parents out there anyone that's got a baby this is a great thing now is that no longer do you view grapes as a a nutritional and delicious snack and maybe future <laughs> wine you now view them as little death bullets that will potentially choke every child in sight if you don't cut them in half long ways not sideways yeah. long ways not sideways cut those grapes people <laughs> <laughs> but like this guy Quinn can fucking take a huge metal alien ball and like that's not gonna squish. That's no. gonna stay as like a, a huge metal and he and he chooses to ignore any potential alien based diseases that's gonna be on this thing. I don't see him wash it at any point. Just swallows no. that fucker down. With a with a little shot of whiskey, did it? Or something I remember. Yeah, or a little glass of water because he's thirsty as fuck, I think, from his trip. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, this, it's almost got this kind of Skynet uh, element to the story as well, where you you are Olivia Munn's character is then sort of segued away, introduced to this yeah. lab lab where they know and they've got all these this technology from the first movie or the or the movies before. So instead of having Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger's hand or arm from the Terminator One, <laughs> they've, got, they've got the helmets from uh, or one or more, one of the uh, and a, and a whole Predator strapped to a table, just not. Oh yeah, well. sorry, yeah, because he crashed. <laughs> they've actually got the Predator from the crash anyway, haven't they? Had yeah, they? because well, because um, Quinn accidentally um, shoots the Predator with uh, with the, with the one of its own weapons, like a. Like a, a little razor comes flying out, doesn't it, and injures the predator and makes them catchable. Yes, that's right. So, so he's, yeah, he's on, he's on the bed, 
and Olivia Munn is introduced. Why is Olivia Munn here? What is she? What's her? Well, character? she was. She's some some fake. So- oh no, no, obviously they're all fake. No one's a real soldier. No one's an alien in this. But she's um, she's brought in because no one else can look at an alien the way that she can look at an alien. She's got um, a constant. She's got a very surprised look on her face. <laughs> she could. But th- this is another weird thing. It's like they introduce a mechanism for nudity without showing nudity but then has no actual real place in the world. Yeah, I spotted this. This it's is weird, uh, right? It was like, yeah. why have they done that? It's like, it's, like, it's like what they would do in the 80s, just so you could see the lead actress's tits. Yeah. And it's, they, do, they, they do in Starship Troopers, don't they, as well? Yeah, they have like a shower scene or something. But actually, yeah. unlike that, though, but in Starship Troopers, that is the most non-sexual viewage of tits i've ever seen and actually weirdly gary Busey's in that as well not gary Busey. jake Busey. jake Busey. that me yeah yeah uh but they they no one's kind of it's a, i like that scene because it's it's what people would be like in those sort of situations just like i need a shower i'm wiping my tits out no one's looking it no one gives a shit yeah, or your or your junk, your junk is on on show. And is, yeah, there's is, some, there's some junk. There, it was an equal opportunities bit of nudity that was, but um, but yeah, yeah, it, it was a a titillation moment. It, that was what it's for. But the, this this serves no purpose in this film. It's just so a little it, weird segue. It's basically to explain it. They they have to get undressed to get uh, de they missed missed it over in a in a in like a quarantined pod is that right they go through yeah. a gate but what they do is they, they you know this is a high-tech lab there's like special doors and there's like a table and there's computers and there's people in like perspex white suits walking around um but the person that made the uh the the, the decontamination booths only made them waist high so it's like <laughs> oh. so it's like you know Clearly, they thought to themselves, well, there isn't going to be any women in here. This is clearly a science lab. So only men will be here and we don't mind seeing the other's junk. Um, how hard would it have been to have just, you know, perspex that all the way to the top? Or even have like a one-in-one-out situation just so that, you know, you could have a little bit of privacy. Yeah, it's utterly ridiculous. And that's why I think alarm bells were probably ringing for Olivia Munn anyway. <laughs> at the beginning. They, eventually, this 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 um, what happens is the alien comes back to life, doesn't it? It does, yeah. But not not before we get our first zinger back to the predator, where we have um, uh, Olivia Munn's Casey, Casey Olivia Munn, Casey Brackett, um, proclaiming the the predator to be one beautiful, beautiful motherfucker. Um, yes. In that uh, nod, wink, 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 nod, nod. Wink. This is the first of about three or four direct references to things that have happened or phrases in the in the first film and it is jarring and unnecessary and mm. completely and utterly self-indulgent and horrible i didn't like it at all yeah, but she wouldn't and also i'm not saying you know i know her character and i know yeah, the, the, the 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 thoughts behind the screenwriting and the script writing and everything but it just seems like a ridiculous thing to say <laughs> that, that, Anyway, because it's clearly not beautiful. It's it it is ugly. It is oh, it's ugly as fuck. Yeah, scary looking alien man. And I suppose you know she's saying it's beautiful because it's it's another species. It's never been seen before. So I can understand she'd be saying, "Wow, it's it's amazing. It's an amazing look at this amazing thing." Not yeah, a beautiful, not a beautiful man. She doesn't look like the sort of person who would say "motherfucker." I'm sorry. I mean, that's not a nice. <laughs> thing. 
<laughs> Oi, kiss your mum with that mouth. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> she is this... quite. I mean, she's, I mean, to finalise Olivia's character, she is quite good in the sense of like she's not the the hapless um, female in the film sort of thing. She well, is, yeah, she... rather adept at everything she does. She um, she carries the film. I think in my, this in my opinion of her, she carries it. She's the she's asked the audience. She's the one with, you know thinking reasonable thoughts and thinking what the hell am I doing here with these idiots sort of thing. And she says that you know openly and honestly to all of them. You know these these crazy crew of a madcap ex cons or or ex soldiers or something that she happens to then just be around. But what thing going back to the nudity thing, I just wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. when, when the whole when it all kicks off when the the alien wakes up or the predator wakes up sorry and this is after all these this this exchange with the, with the evil alien uh keepers these these the villains of the piece you know saying uh, we call it the predator because of, of what it's been doing over oh last yeah time. and yeah there's this really stupid awkward exchange and you know even great british actor that he is um sterling brown can't really grit his jaw anymore through this dialogue it's really what a jaw though yeah i mean you can just see his teeth through his his cheeks all the time he's gritting it's an amazing jaw i would kill for that jaw he's gritting for england that man Um, (laughs) when yeah after that all that sort of ham-fisted dialogue's gone through and the the alien wakes up and and up it goes to town on all the scientists and they're trying to kill it back after it's killing them and um, an escape, and she she's obviously watching all this and running around between the, the desks and everything. And yeah, this is this is when it gets a little bit. I mean, for me, just going back to what I was saying at the very beginning of the podcast, that this is this is all wrong because you're seeing everything in sort of cinemascope, you know, and the, nothing is left. So this 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 predator is in a, in a loincloth essentially that's it helmet off no armor nothing and it's terrorizing and i think the beauty of predator the first one is that when he took the helmet off it was a massive reveal yeah uh, and a real really big cinematic moment and this is like there he is that's it he's there, <laughs> he's there. I know, yeah he are we not some... past that can we not say that that's okay because there's been you know 83 films and we've we've had that reveal many times uh, no but I th- yeah but i think to just have it's like the godzilla thing you know everyone complained about the godzilla remake you don't see the godzilla to the end and then they made godzilla king of monsters and you see him you know at the very beginning and then all the way through it's like this is why sh- why show everything in the first you know 20 minutes it's like yeah he's doing fisticuffs this predator's going to town um i'm going to get around to the point with olivia munn's nakedness in a minute uh, but yeah she basically then I'll take is, take your time mate anyway. <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> cutting all she, this out anyway <laughs> uh, yeah this is all going on the floor she basically instead of just running for her, her life she doesn't she just think ah before i leave I'll just get in the deep. <laughs> yeah, well, so isn't there a, a, again another little device where it goes, you, like a computer goes, you cannot leave before decontaminating. And <laughs> but how does, does it, it know? Yeah. How does it know if you've got your fucking clothes on or not? <laughs> it's like just fucking stand there, take it, and leave. Yeah, but the the she gets un- dutifully undressed yeah. and and squats in the corner, and then the predator walks past her, look, finds her, and then just basically just says, no, that's fine, you can stay. And doesn't kill her, does he? 
Obviously. Well, no, because you know we know we know. Well, later on in the film, we find out he's actually here to save humanity, despite murdering a whole room full of humans. <laughs> um, obviously, in his own little predator voice, he was probably shouting, "I'm here to save you!" Oh no, stop, you've stopped trying to kill me! <laughs> oh no, you've fallen on my claws! Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> oh, hey, everyone, can someone pass me that? Oh shit, I've just stabbed someone in the face. <laughs> I don't know why he's turning into Bungle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. yeah um yeah the, the thing is i didn't even get that the whole the whole storyline thing was just lost on me by the end i didn't even understand what was going on can't see it through your tears no but anyway we've it's too much to explain but yeah this is the first five minutes of the fucking film yeah let's uh let's get to the interesting bits with um the the the, the child and uh, the, these this ragtag bunch of yeah i think we have to before we move on from this particular section of the film we do have to say this is where you introduce to a uh, quinn comes back into this he's been arrested and thrown on a bus full of um uh reprobates which is where we meet nebraska which is Javant's character coil uh lynch uh Max, nettles Max. And um, Mr. Swear, whoever the fuck he was called, I can't remember his name now. Um, Baxley. Is it Baxley Sweary? Baxley. Oh, was that? Oh, right. I, I, yeah, I didn't recognise him at all. I was like, the whole time we're talking about Thomas Jane in this, I'm like, I can't think for the life to God of me who he was in this film. Yeah, yeah. No, that he was, was the, the swear face. All right, okay, fine. Brilliant. Right, so, so, yeah, we introduced to them. They escape um, and instantly take it upon themselves to continue hunting the predators down. Um, uh, and they kind of then join up with Olivia Munn's character who's managed to tranquilize herself in the foot, I think. So she's unconscious. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, this is big, the big kind of set piece at the very beginning is the, uh, is the big uh, escape from the lab in the bus with the predator on the roof and her and being tranquilized and, and uh, the, everyone waking up to the fact that shit's going down and there's an alien escaping from a lab and... Um, all the characters are sort of ribbing each other. They, you get there's a little bit of an introduction to them where they're all they're all obviously uh, unhinged in some way. You know, they obviously do their very best to try and show is, you. That is it during this sequence where we have to get to the choppers moment as well? That's a bit later on, I think. Later on, that the eponymous line is is mentioned by uh, Trevante Rhodes' character, Nebraska. What a great name! This Was it? Yeah, I can't remember who said it, but... But he says, get to the choppers. He doesn't choppers, say get to the... yeah, because yeah. there happens to be a row of motorbike choppers in a military base. It's like, it's like that's ridiculous. It's like, could you force that in any more ham-fistedly? Yeah, maybe it is at the beginning then. I'm trying to think where I heard it. I think I probably did hear it at the beginning then. If that makes sense that they escaped somehow yeah. after the bus crashes and stuff. But Javante knows his his character is annoying because um, he, he's he, so one dimensional. He's like a, he plays this um, sort of sharp, uh, sharp talking, um, quippy, uh, not give a fuck kind of guy. Um, and he's always smoking. Right. So his thing is, um, yeah, you're, you're you Shane Black going, yeah. And you smoke, right this is your thing. You're like a chain smoker. So in every scene you're going to be smoking. And when that cigarette's gone, you can just grab another one and smoke and smoke and smoke. And you're going to look really cool. It's going to look amazing, but it's the most contrived character, lazy <laughs> character development I've ever seen. It's like, yeah, fucking hell. Cause you can't, you can tell a smoker from a non-smoker. Trust me. I know. Cause I used to be one. So 
when people try and smoke or hold a cigarette or in their mouth, you know, when people talk with it in their mouth and yeah. it's like that. It goes, it goes in their eye and they're like, oh, fuck, that burns. You, you can't do it in, unless you know what, how, what you're doing. And he looks like someone who's just seen a cigarette <laughs> for the first time in this movie. Yeah. Hey, look, he's got a bunch of new friends. Maybe he wants to, you know, pretend that he's a smoker to try and be cool. I'm not saying... Yeah, I just think it, it was something that wasn't needed. And I just noticed it. And because I noticed it, it's one of those things that's thought, oh, yeah, there we go, cigarette, holding it like an absolute idiot. And, and you know, that whole thing was just contrived. And then you move on to, you know, Thomas Jane Baxley's uh, ca- the character with the Tourette's and how he's represented and as being just a, an idiot. And uh, it turns out, you know, he redeems himself in the, right at the end of the film. He's, he sort of comes into his own when he's actually fighting again. That was where he, he was, that's where his skill was. That's where he was relaxed and, um, you know, the, the Tourette sort of dies down and the, you notice a shift in his character because he's comfortable on the battlefield sort of thing. And then out of it, he's a very reclusive, anxiety-ridden soldier with some obviously clear sort of um, PSD sort of thing. But the whole way through, hey, Tourette's is funny because it's funny to uncontrollably swear and tick in public. Yeah, and it's a bit where he's, he's, he's offensive to Olivia Munn. And there's that, it's an awkward, it's a really awkward scene that is overplayed and goes on too long where he says something about her nether regions and she then says it back to him and she says, did, did I just hear that correctly? And then they all sort of have this massive long bit of banter about the whole thing. And it just goes on and on and thinking, fuck, just make it end. Stop, make Stop it talking. End. Okay, so then we get to the, the next plot device, which is um, <coughs> uh, um, Jacob Tremblay as Rory McKenna, Quinn's uh, son, uh, who we introduced to as, uh, as a special child, I think a child of Asperger's. Uh, we know this because he's good at chess. Um, he's one of the good Asperger's, uh, not one of those weird ones that we like to take the piss out of, but one of the good but ones. They signpost it as well in all the sort of ways that he's uh, sensitive, sensitive hearing. He doesn't like, you know, he gets scared of dogs when they're barking. He's, he's timid. Yeah, he'll count, he'll recognise the places where all the pieces from the chessboards. Yeah. Where they were. It's like, a, it's like um, what's that film with uh, Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman? Rain Man or Little it's Man like, Tate. Remember Little Man Tate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rain Man. And it, it's not. I'm saying it's not a bad film, but it's it's an outdated representation of that sort of thing and uh, or that or, you know that condition. And this is almost like it's like it's checking those boxes. Saying, oh, well, yeah. How, keep, did, how did they do it in Rain Man? Let's copy it's that. Like, yeah, it's like presenting the fact that every kid of Asperger's has some sort of super magical special ability. Imagine how shit that makes people without the magic side of Asperger's feel. It's like, oh, you got Asperger's. What can you do? It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I can become really distressed in a public place. It's like, oh, well, fuck it then. I'm not taking you to Vegas. Yeah, I'm, ang- I'm anxiety-ridden social situations and I've got, um, you know, claustrophobic and everything else. Yeah, know, I, I find it hard to find, you know, to form human connections. Oh, all right, you can't count cards, no. Spill a pot of um, uh, Tic Tacs on the floor and just say, how many is there, how many is there, how many is there? Like, <laughs> I don't know, I just can't do that sort of thing. <laughs> You're oh, making me anxious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so unfortunately, but yeah, luckily, luckily for the plot, uh, 
uh, Rory McKenna is one of those special ones with special magic abilities of problem solving. Um, he didn't problem solve enough to, to not point his stolen predator helmet at various parts of his address around the room. Um, and I didn't know that the, the predator helmets were connected. So like he, the, the, the original predator, the predator picks up one of the old predator helmets that are knocking around the lab and is able to sort of Skype, I guess, into his current predator helmet. Yeah. And have a look to see where it is because he needs yeah. it. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's just a complete MacGuffin plot device. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. It's just so, it just, this, these films should be so simple. They don't need all these layers of bullshit just thrown on top of them. It's just, mm. you know, Predator 2 probably went as far as you could go with, like, how, you know, how much can you kind of obfuscate the, the obvious, which is that, that you are being hunted by something. Um, and, and in this, they aren't. They just, no. they just simply, they're not being hunted. They're trying to get it. And it's trying to help the humanity out some random fashion by randomly killing people. But, um, okay, well, so back on track. So we're introduced to um, Rory. He's obviously special. Um, he gets bullied a bit. Yeah, and then um, the 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 shit that um, Quinn found in the jungle was posted to him. This is which we're saying. So he, um, the predator skypes into it and then um, goes after him. Um, Quinn, I yeah, I don't know. Quinn somehow works out that he'll be going after his son, and I don't know quite sure how or why. So he goes to go there, phones his because um, it's estranged. They're always estranged. Uh, these are never good dads in these films. Um, Oh, he's they, a bad. He's a he's a lousy father, but he's an he's a he's a fantastic soldier. Is one of the lines. yes, I think that's actually one of the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what? Um, and this is another troubling scene for me. So uh, Rory decides he wants to go trick or treating because it's it's fucking Halloween, right? But he's been told he's got to stay in because there's a predator ch that's potentially chasing him down. So he's like, fuck that. I've got Asperger's. I can do the fuck I want, right? <laughs> you can't stop me. Um, and I've got this cool new costume. I'm going to go out as some random fucking space thing. Um, yeah. But just wear the rest of my normal clothes. So he goes out trick-or-treating in the helmet. And then the two bullies that... Oh, he got bullied. Sorry, I forgot to mention it because, you know, I, I naturally assumed you'd all know that because if you've got special abilities and you're at school, then naturally you're a bully. You're, you're bullied. So. Yeah. That 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 happened. So he's out trick or treating. He knocks on a door. They don't come down, and then he starts getting bullied. So he starts getting anxious. And then the guy that was in the house is at the window or balcony, and the, the fucking helmet shoots him dead and blows his fucking house up. Yeah. And then the bullies, they, they kind of get blown away by the the, the, the massive explosion. This. Two shits is not given by this kid that he's just randomly killed someone. No, he runs off and he runs back home and uh, just in time, I think, as well, to be rescued by his dad and his mates. Oh, it's bad, <laughs> yeah, it's, isn't it? It's, it's, nothing's because, mentioned. Yeah, no, but also that's bad because in, in a way that the fact is that we, we shouldn't be spending any time with a child character regardless of anything. It's just no. in the R-rated 18 movie that it is, this is like something out of the Goonies or, um, you know, Home Alone. It's, it's, you know, it would be an interesting take on it if it was a 12 and he finds a special alien helmet that gives him powers and he accidentally, you know, does stuff. Yeah, that maybe shoots goo or something rather than flaming death. 
yeah yeah so in that respect it's it's very it's just weirdly placed isn't it <laughs> it's odd it's so odd it, 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 weird, it's I mean, like two films they've mashed together with the shit bits of both of them do you think he was trying for like an Amblin type take on things with this? Uh, whole but there's not, it's neither here nor there if he's going for Amblin. If he's going for sort of like a, you know, um, a Super 8 or a Stranger Things kind of vibe, then that would have been maybe a brilliant film as having some kids go up against a predator. Because then you'd really be able to sort of play on that whole honor, honor hunter that the, the predator kind of has throughout all of the films. You know, he's never shot an unarmed person. Um, I think this is the first film where he kills a woman. Um, he always sort of leaves women alone. Um, generally, I think, because whenever he comes across them in films, they tend to be unarmed um, or pregnant. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so maybe if they'd done like a bunch of kids going out, out against it, you know, the parents don't believe them. They've seen a predator. The predator's going after something and then the kids are tracing it down and then, you know, whether or not, you know. But it's not that. It, it's... It, you just got one child randomly thrown in there to solve some random problems. And it doesn't make any sense because they've got this whole department. Cause I mean, Jake Busey in this actually plays the son of Gary, his dad's character in predator two. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's not actually ever sort of really, you know, despite the huge nods that they keep doing to other films, they don't actually mention that he's actually his son, but you know, you read the sort of plot notes and stuff, and he definitely is. So, like, mm-hmm. they've, they've known about these predators. They've, you know, for what thirty years, they've known about the language and stuff. And you're telling me that during that whole time, they've not managed to solve the language. And in the three seconds that um, Rory McKenna gets his hands on it, he's sorted it out. Yeah, and then the other thing as well is you get subtitles for these uh, for the predators when they talk to each other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not that's not required. <laughs> it's not required. We don't need it's to know what they're saying. Oh, well, they shouldn't even. So, should we get to this like bit with the the big? Well, I guess this is the switch up. This is like what we had in the first film. It's like we we thought we knew what this film was, and all of a sudden, uh oh, there's a big predator. Yeah. And this, who has this, dogs. This predator has dogs, uh, predator dogs, who are bad, badly CGI'd, I think. And he's a big, he's a bigger, he's bigger. He's, is he mixed with human DNA? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, there was some sort of experimentation to make an even better predator. Um, I don't know how mixing a predator with a human would make a big predator, whereas two predators make small predators. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? it is Unless... Odd. Unless there are no women predators and they do just sort of make themselves in sort of some sort of cloning technology or something. Wow. You've never seen a woman predator, have you? Maybe we have, you know. Maybe they're yeah, all women. Maybe, maybe like they're dwarfs, um, you know, from Tolkien's world where the, the dwarfs have beards, the lady dwarfs have beards as well, don't they? Yeah. Apparently. Um, but yeah, uh, half, uh, you know, a lot smaller than the predator, uh, clearly, uh, and drink a lot more beer. Uh, but... The, <laughs> Yeah, the whole kind of thing. So this predator is is um, sort of armorless and uh, loincloth and massive, kill, massive thing, and kills the uh, like a traitor. It, call, it, call him traitor predator, can't we? Really, because he kind of is a a traitor to their race because he's trying to protect the human race, which is weird. yeah, yeah. And then he's he's smashed up by the the big predator. Uh, quite early on in the film, which was a bit of a shame because what I liked about the Alien versus Predator film in the one 
in like the Antarctic was when the woman scientist joins forces, joins forces with a predator and they go on the hunt together because uh, they know they can help each other out. And she, he makes her a spear and a shield out of bits of an, an alien he's crushed up. Yeah, you know? is it is it worthwhile mentioning and then at this point the troubled third act and how often this, well, the fact that it got completely redone. Mm. So, yes. I mean, I think, I think what you're suggesting in that, like, the humans teamed up with the Predator to hunt Super Predator down mm. is actually what was originally filmed. But test audiences didn't like it. So they went back and shot this shit instead. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I could have bought you can, you can buy that a lot better is because you could you you know that's kind of been alluded to in the other films and I mean other yeah. things happen I mean other things happened in terms of you know all the bad press and all the bad in a way even if the film had been good the negative press in the promotional um trails of this movie would would were dead and buried because um, of what was leaked and what was said by Olivia Munn, and she she was right to point out. I'll just tell you what happened. It's because I'm talking about it now. Yeah, yeah, you're alluding around it weirdly. Just, well, just spit it out, man. <laughs> sorry, man. So, actor Steve Wilder, was also known as Steve Wilder Strigel, was originally cast as a minor character in the movie, but 20th Century Fox removed his scenes a few days before the picture lock, when actress Olivia Munn informed the studio that he was arrested, charged and reg as a registered sex offender in 2010 after facing allegations, allegations that he attempted to lure a 14-year-old girl into a sexual relationship via the internet. So, yeah. It was, and there was other stuff, other stuff, allegations and stuff. And I actually like that, yes. remember this playing out on the internet because I, um, I followed Olivia Munn um, for, because I was, she, she's in films that I really look forward to and then horribly disappointed by. Um, she was in the X-Man apocalypse film yeah and, uh, she was like she used to sort of like put out like you know behind the scenes shots and stuff and the character she plays in that Psylocke is one of the, sort of my favorite from a very interesting character from comics quite rightly kind of felt yeah so uh, quite, yeah. she was she was basically she did a couple of scenes with this guy and it hadn't and didn't know his background and didn't know his script you know the allegations and what he was arrested with and stuff like that and felt very betrayed by the director and obviously felt not maybe necessarily at risk, but felt that she as an, as a, as a working person should have been informed uh, perhaps prior. But anyway, it, it caused quite rightly, probably the, a lot of, a lot of negative press uh, around Shane yeah, Black. Wasn't she like threatening to sort of remove her rights to being in the film? Well, I think she, she just, um, yeah, I think she just, just wanted someone to acknowledge what a, what had happened and and I don't think she would because I follow her on Twitter as well and I think she basically just wanted some uh, someone to recognise it and potentially apologise for it um, Shane Black defended this guy I mean he's cast him, yeah. he's cast him in, in, in other films he was in The Nice Guys and Iron Man 3 so he's a personal friend of his so you think Christ what's um, Shane Black hanging around with yeah I think he, he, he sort of framed it as you know everyone makes mistakes and serves a second chance it's just like yeah but there's, there's some things and like you know this isn't a, a spur of the moment thing this is a preconceived yeah it's not drink act. driving it's not drink driving or you know he, he wasn't a drug abuser like Robert Downey Jr. was you know he wasn't that he you know he, that's a different type of redemption yeah 
you can build yourself back up from potentially having, you know, going on hard times and stuff and getting into drug and alcohol abuse and stuff. But what this chap got up to, you know, is not really something you can, I don't and know. It's, this is the one that we know about as well. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a dark, this is a dark. It's got dark. Part. Yeah. So yeah, but um, Olivia did the right thing in putting her foot down and um, the guy got his scenes cut to me. So, yeah. And then, uh, but it killed the movie, I think straight away. It, there were critics hated it. Um, and it, you know, it, I think obviously the, the, the controversy around it, all of it didn't help any, any press or anything it would have got anyway. I didn't mean it, it would have been panned because it was bad, but I think yeah. it's, it was panned even more because we knew, we knew a lot more about the behind the scenes stuff that happened when the filming it. What happens at the end then? <laughs> you get shot in the face. Game over, man. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's, it, it, there's two things because obviously there's 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 a couple of bad guys in this that you got uh, Traeger Sterling uh, K Brown's character um, who goes out in the most fucking Mr Bean way you could possibly go out. He shoots himself in the head with uh, a shoulder a predator shoulder cannon. Why? Like, what the fuck, man? That's not how the big bad goes out. Sure, like. He, he he puts it on because they, they you know they kind of do a weird team up at the end between yes. everybody, and it's like so he puts on the shoulder cannon which he's clearly used before because he's like oh, uh, yeah I've got this on you wouldn't put one on that you didn't know how to use, and then yeah. just walk through the garage and uh, the garage walking through the forest, and then someone calls his name and because he looks that way, he shoots himself in the head. Oh my god. I missed that bit. <laughs> oh, God. I was just like, like we rammed it twice to, just to check it out, just to make sure that, you know, like, you know, that he, he hadn't just sort of taken his ear off and he'll do that thing where he suddenly lunges up at the end and, you know, grabs someone by the throat and does, you know, two seconds of strangling and then finally succumbs to his injuries. No, he, he took this, his whole fucking head off. It's just like, wow. That, that, guy's, <laughs> that guy's character arc was just nowhere. Um, everyone dies uh, apart from Quinn and um, Casey. And the thing is that they, they have access to technology. He has the, the, has the cloaking device. They rarely use it at the right time. And it's really annoying. It's really yeah. annoying. There is nothing more frustrating than people just using, having the BFG, the, the big fucking gun, but only using it right at the last minute. Yeah. And it's like, just pull that out straight away, mate. And then you've got this done. Yeah. It's always very, it's very ham-fisted and wrong. And I was talking about callbacks and to the original movies and the obvious, the real kind of predator um, DNA, which is the, you know, the, the ripping of the spinal column out, or yeah. the spine out of the body. I mean, that happens several times. People hanging upside down. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all over the place but also the predator the big predator does it to the small predator doesn't he, he rips his, his spine out of his, um, yeah and you got the you got the noises um and anyone that's seen these films that they're as evocative as the blasters from star wars they're you know the doors from star trek that there is there are noises in predator that just make you happy and you wonder without that goodwill in this film, how badly would it be? I mean, it was only a five on IMDb anyway, but without yeah. having that sort of emotional buy-in straight away before you've done anything, how bad would this film have been received had you didn't even have that, if you had nothing? 
Yeah, because the score uh, is something to to probably say is quite good because it's um, it uses a lot of the same um, riffs and um, I think it's the original music just been yeah. obviously redone. But it's brilliant, brilliant score. And that yeah, as you say, the little alien growl that 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 you do in the background is. is and there's great. just there's just some nuance to the end. So in the end, it's kind of just like a slug out fight between Super Predator and the the, the remaining humans. Who, there's various people. There's any of them left. And like whereas you know the original and even the second one um, and and the the Predators that we were talking about, it's like. There, there had to be some ingenuity. They, they worked out that you couldn't be seen. You know, they, they couldn't pick up the fact that you had a wooden spear rather than the gun. All this sort of stuff. But no, he just kind of, he just shoulder charges him off a cliff. And this thing's fucking massive. If he ran into him, he'd just bounce off. He'd just be like, what, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Just like, so he shoulder charges him off the cliff. He falls over and then he shoots him in the head. And this thing's been shot at millions of times. Yeah. millions yeah. of times and showed no signs that a bullet would ever do any harm to him and then all of a sudden oh we need to finish the film how are we going to do it looks around uh, <laughs> there's a gun there just get him shooting in the face alright alright go home call, yeah, call, then call that, the catering truck we're done and there's that bit with the with the with the dog as well that's got a lobotomy oh, so what was the fucking point was that dog what was the point in that dog yeah, because the the two dogs that the, the predator has for his, as his little hunting guys, I don't know, that's random. But one of them is shot in the head, but instead of killing it, it basically turns it into a nice dog, doesn't it? A nice alien dog. Yeah, that likes Olivia Munn's character, just yeah. kind of follows it around dutifully. Oh, so weird. It's so, so weird. It's nerf. It's so nerf. It's uh, and, and it would be funny in a 15. It probably would have been better in a 15. Mm-hmm see this but or was, in in the amblin film that you would want to make like in yeah, that yeah. the dog being friendly and you know you know you could have uh you know a character that fed the dog and then the dog's like fucking hell i've only ever been treated badly in the past before you're my new master like that would have worked you know yeah yeah, yeah. but in this no no <laughs> no it doesn't alien predator dog becomes man's best friend sort of thing yeah work but um yeah um it ends doesn't it and then it ends with this weird oh. thing because it, it, we we see on many yeah. many little side shots of this cat this is pod on the alien ship that's uh, you don't know what's inside they don't show you what's inside it but the ship has been carrying so the traitor predator basically it was carrying to earth a special suit right yeah so i think the the ultimate contrivance is the fact that the the predator that we originally see was actually coming to Earth, as we, as we kind of mentioned, it was actually coming to Earth to save Earth from other predators. It was c- coming to deliver a device that would help Earth defend itself because the predators have realized that we're about to kill ourselves through global warming. That's like the one political nod in this whole entire film, by the way. It's just like, oh, we we're killing ourselves and, you know, the predators know this. So, you know, if only, if only we weren't killing ourselves and the predators would keep us in room. Um, so they're going to come and wipe us out before we've had chance to kill the planet off entirely so they can still come and do some hunting. Um, I'm kind of on the predator's side here. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so they leave his advice and right at the last minute, the kid goes, oh, I know what it means. It, and they're like, what is it? What is it? And literally as it's opening, um, it's a, a predator killer. And I, for one glorious moment, thought what was going to actually happen that out of the pod would jump a fucking full xenomorph. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just start like (coughs) 
killing people, planting fucking eggs like a big queen one, because that yeah. would be a predator killer. If the planet was inhabited entirely by aliens, yeah. then they would, you know, they would not, they wouldn't be able to come here anymore. They wouldn't bother, would they? No, but instead you get some sort of weird anime manga fucking wank fest of a suit. Yeah, it's got like all the, it's got like a predator face mask, hasn't it? And it's got like guns and yeah, yeah. It's, like a, it's like a Gundam suit, isn't it? Sort of yeah. thing, miniature version of it. Yeah, and then it, yeah. and then and the, uh, the the lead character survives, and he's there, the only one, and he's looking at it, going, "Wow, that's my new suit or something." Uh, <laughs> but at the end of Predator Two, the great, the good thing about that was that you, Danny Glover's on the boat, on the boat, on the ship, and all the other older and other predators come in, come into view, don't they? And you just think that's the kind of big reveal in that movie where you go. Whoa! There's more of them. Yeah, of course, of course, there is. I think that that tonal shift as well with the the predator trying to, to save us. I think a lot of these films since Predator and Predator Two have struggled by trying to. They, they've gone and looked, and people love the predator character, so they've thought to themselves, "How can we make this this character more lovable?" And they've taken the concept of someone that likes to hunt but won't kill defenseless defenseless prey as having someone with and then they tried to force other moral standards on them like like you said with the alien versus predator requiem you kind of see this where they join together and there's been like a, a couple of gifts and in this now you've got good predator that's come to earth and, it, and even in the predators there was kind of an illusion that there was like a, a bad set of predators that kind of picked on smaller predators um, so they try yeah. to create they try to create an anti-hero out of it and it just doesn't work we want that we want that polarisation we want these fuckers to be entirely evil they work yeah. on that basis it's like having fucking Freddy Krueger suddenly going alright I'm not going to kill people between the ages of 22 and 30 because you know hey you know everyone's got to have a hobby but you know I want to kind of be I think they actually did that with um they made him fight uh, Jason didn't they Jason they did yeah, yeah yeah so uh, it's obviously that Hollywood does they think oh we can make him more popular by making them an actual hero and it's just, it's I just like, don't like it I don't like it's it like compare it you wouldn't all of a sudden say yeah all of a sudden I like wasps would you <laughs> I mean wasps wasps are great because ultimately wasps are here they do a job they are they are the the predator of the natural world in in in, in our, on our world because wasps they all they're here to do is prey on smaller insects we yeah. don't like them because they're a nuisance and they you know they sting and they they we we think they're attacking us that's what that's all we think so you're not all of a sudden going to make have a, we're not going to as a nation or as a as a people we're not going to say you know wasps oh welcome the wasps to the picnic you're not going to sit down and go here share my jam share my jam scone there you go <laughs> you're not you're not going to do that yeah yes, yes you could have a sip of my pint of course you can i like the fact that at the end of the summer boss become like vagrant drunkards just slurringly drunken around going it's like it's like that prick at the end of the party that refuses to leave it's like yeah ah, i fucking hate you all now <laughs> it's like, literally- whoa what are you doing calm down we've all had a drink here yeah, fuck you, I'm going to sting you. Well, come here, come here, you bastard. It's because they've already, they know they're dying, and they know they're going to die, and so, yeah, they've got nothing to live for, so fuck it. Fuck it, I'm going to sting you all. 
hammered on the you know rotting fruit on the apple tree and <laughs> yeah i'm right. gonna find i'm gonna find one of you fuckers with an allergy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fighty wasps basically yeah um, you, I mean, no, it's a good comparison to for for for, for a predator you're not you're not going to change your opinion on what it's like having and you know the aliens working with sigourney weaver in some sort of weird <laughs> yeah. way i'd not, quite like it if the predators did like get like dickhead wasps at the end of the summer and like towards the end of the film, they were just kind of like wandering around going, yeah, well, fuck <laughs> just randomly killing people. Yeah. Uh, rather than being all like, you know, stealthy and hunty, just kind of yeah. like bumping into patio doors. <laughs> 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 Repeatedly smashing their head into a patio door. And then some old woman walks past and they just kind of stab her in the head. <laughs> and then go on. Job done. <laughs> Job done. And then die under a tree, drunk on cider. Yeah, sounds like me on a Saturday night. <laughs> what, what? what was good about it? Can, is there anything redeeming in this film? Because we've got to balance. We have to balance. Before the reviews, we have to balance. Well, what I'm going to do first is going to give you some um, tidbits and some, some, go- uh, some um, uh, uh, thingies. Factoids. You want a factoid yeah. me? Yeah, do you want some factoids first? Um, uh, mm. Right, before you answer, before you answer (laughs) the question, when Casey Brackett, who's Olivia (laughs) Mum's character, first enters the lab and and is examining the the recovered predator items, one of the shelves in the background contains a xenomorph tail spear from Alien vs. Predator 2004. Yeah, there's loads of little bits in the background, weren't there? Ben- Sorry about that, that's a crap one. Benicio Del Toro was originally supposed to star as the lead role, was replaced by Boyd, Boyd Holbrook due to scheduling conflicts. Dodged the bullet there, didn't he? Um, I don't think he could have rescued it either. There's a goof here. Early in the film, Traeger shows Brackett a photo from the 1987 Predator Encounter, the, the first film. Yeah, the photo is a still of the predator from the first movie, taken from when the predator decloaks coming out of the water. Considering the only person who survived seeing the predator uncloaked was Dutch, who did not have a camera with him. Who took this picture? Who took it? Exactly. So there's a bit of shit in it. Yeah, it's lazy. Anyway, that's it. Right. Now we can talk about what we thought about it. So you asked me a question before I delivered those amazing segment there, which is <laughs> what I live and die for every time we record because it's the it's a maximum effort for me to go through the IMDb pages. Um, I, I tell you what, on, in all honesty, the only thing I enjoyed about this film was Olivia Munn, not for the not for any other reason other than the fact that I think she held the film up, yeah. and and I liked the music. Um, because the score took me back to the original. Yeah, film. you like the nostalgia. I mean, let's just say this is the goodwill this film comes in with. Uh, and the third thing is, you know, they they do actually do a good job of the made-up um, Predator. I know that the big one is is a mainly CGI. I'm fairly sure it's pretty much all CGI because it looks pretty bad. But the main one, the small one, the the traitor Predator is actually really good. It yeah. looks like it and uh, his interesting face yeah it's good to have some actual physical effects in 
But other than that, it was absolutely ridiculously crap. Um, yeah. Really sorry, but it, you know, I agree wholeheartedly with the critics. What about you? Uh, yeah, there was a couple of, you know, dialogue moments that were actually quite funny, that were quite clearly Shane Blackie. Um, I enjoyed that. I did enjoy numerous references to old Shane Black films and Predator films that it, it looks like if he keeps going down this road, eventually he's just going to have one script which is entirely made of all the lines from his old films. So that that's, yeah. that, that needs to stop. Um uh, yeah, Olivia Munn was good at this. I, her character was constantly surprising. Um, some, sometimes a little bit too much. Like Jesus Christ, would she really, you know, be able to pick up that gun? You know, if she's just a son. But I mean, these are Americans; they're all trained killers. So, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so it, it, it's slightly more believable. Um, yeah, it, it didn't look horrible. The special effects were pretty good um, until the CGI dogs and Super Predator were a bit too front and centre and a little bit more exposed. Um, they could have kept him hidden a bit more, I think. Gave him a head mask and whatnot. Made it a bit more yeah. interesting. But yeah, um, unfortunately, in my point there of putting out the good points, I, I made three extra bad ones. I'm sorry about that. No, um, but yeah, it fundamentally the same as you. Um, in terms of money, it, it did all right, actually. It doubled its cash. It, it budget was 88 million. 88 million, Jesus. Um, and then took like 160 worldwide so it, it may not have gone it was filmed in Dolby Atmos it was uh, oh. aspect ratio 2.39 to 1 and in colour so definitely noticed the colour yeah the colour was definitely there it was noticeable I noticed the colour really kind of the first thing I saw when I looked at it oh colour that's, what a shame, and ultimately though, Matthew, what a shame, because, you know, I had high hopes for this movie. And, we all did, Chris, we've all been hurt again, we've all been hurt. I don't think it'll end here, I think it is in the right hands they could do something else, but the problem is they'll have is, you know, what we wanted essentially was the original movie. Um, did, you, did you pitch in one of your top fives, Predator on... I think you bought both. Was that no? It was Alien, wasn't it? It was Alien on yes. Galleon. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. Certainly. I think Predator. I think that's what we have to do because obviously um, you mentioned that scene in Predator Two where they all come out and one of them gives him the old musket, doesn't he? Um, yes. It's like take it back to that. I think that'd be brilliant. Yeah, maybe go back in time, uh, pre or maybe World War or something like a World War One or World War Two. Yeah, during those because it always said like in the first one is like oh it happens during periods of conflict in the summers and stuff. You know, yeah. take it back to sort of the ball. The drum, it's weird because I can hear the drums. You can. We're just talking about it. drums of the predator back it's yeah, amazing yeah. just some oh. of those sound effects and um the sound of um, him cloaking and decloaking and just changing the uh, uh his vision from thermal to heat and all that all, all, all night vision and stuff he is just 
doesn't it? And yeah. the voices are all muffled. So loads they need, of cool they need stuff. to put that on. Uh, they need to put that. And there was none of that voice thing. That he, that, I mean, I think he did it in the beginning to get through a security gate. There was none of that. Yeah. Yeah. Just why missed out? Because I think that's in every film they do the thing with the voice. Yeah. 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 Um. Never mind. Never mind. Reviews. Here's the reviews. So, who do you want to go first? Do you want to go first or shall I? Um, I'm going to go first because I like I like this one. It's quite. It's 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 kind of long. I like a long one. <laughs> uh, so obviously the reviews are 10 out of 10 because we didn't like it if we'd liked it we'd have found some 1 out of 10s um, have we ever done that we've never done that have we? we've never done it no. we've never done it we've got to it's sat sooner or later because I mean people might listen to us go oh you do it on purpose you find films that you're going to fucking hate and you just piss on them it's like I don't I really don't I re- Holmes and Watson I really thought might have been the one that we would have bucked the trend um, but it, but it and this and this I was actually going to rent this out at one point on purpose exactly like, like for enjoyment so it's not true I'll tell you what, Matthew as well just to say that I did actually enjoy uh, Transformers The Last Night so that, you know anyone can go back to that film and say that I actually deserved to go out the bunker we had a conflict on that one didn't we yeah that was shit mate you were so bang, bang out I'm sorry it. but no <laughs> um, it does happen it does happen go on Enke hit me with your review okay Okay, all right. Uh, going um, atypical nerd. Uh, t- ten out of ten, obviously. Uh, title is just a hell of a lot of fun, like the eighties action flicks I grew up on. Um, th- I picked this one out initially because, um, despite the fact that it's got a rating system baked in to IMDb with the with the rating of ten out of ten, um, yeah. it says uh, the Predator. Five stars out of five. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't know why he shifted his thing down, but um, he, he did. Um, the fourth installment of the Predator movie franchise, which began in 1987, the sixth counting two Aliens vs. Predators movie, this one was directed by Shane Black, who co-starred the original, and it was co-written by Black and Fred Decker. Black and Decker. He didn't put that. It's just a, a very English reference to some power tools. It's about yeah, yeah. a group of ex-soldiers who team up to stop alien invaders called, let's put this in brackets, Predators. <laughs> like, oh, hold on. It's <laughs> the, the name of the fucking film. From killing a special young boy with Asperger's and destroying a small town in the process. And then the film stars and it's just listed out the cast on some b- b- bizarre padding reason. Um... It's received mostly negative reviews from critics, but it's expected to do well at the box office, though. I loved it. It's ridiculously violent and full of witty dialogue and lovable characters, like only Shane Black can deliver. The story also revolves around the predators knowing humans are going extinct soon due to climate change, and they want to collect someone with Asperger's because they know the people on the spectrum are the next step in evolution. Someone, yeah, I think, yeah, maybe. That's the plot point that I missed at the end. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I really like that about the film as well. But mostly it's just a hell of a lot of fun, like the 80s action fix I grew up on. There you go. 76 out of 195 people found that helpful. That's quite a good review, actually. And it, that plot, the plot point that he, he talks about, or he or she talks about, is something I didn't I missed. But I remember them now saying that, yeah, the, the autism and the uh, Asperger's is, a, is an evolutionary step. And yeah. That's why they would do it. And that, that's... 
That was interesting. Okay, mine mine is a 10 out of 10 also, obviously, and it's called Best Predator Movie. <laughs> so Decker's coming back for this one. Uh, it seems fitting that I do uh, our old friend, uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger. This is the Best Predator Movie so far. As for the reviews that get posted, I am so disgusted at the fact reviews have people who use multiple profiles to post bad ratings for something that is great. <laughs> the thing is, these days, security with websites and apps is crap. And it's easy for people to put off this shit behavior. This movie is great. I do hope to see a continuation to this, considering how it ended with the need to be continued. The end. <laughs> so, well, hold on. So he actually thinks that the only reason this film's got a low rating is because the security on websites is shit and people have put multiple bad reviews on, but it's all yeah. the same people. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because if that, that, I know that happens. It happens a lot because it happened to most recently with um, Captain Marvel. With uh, loads of apps, yeah. Well, they got they got pre pre reviewed, didn't they? Um, yeah, loads of twice, negatively. But and people do go onto films they like and give them big them up if they want to. But yeah, why would anyone go out of their way? I mean, surely there's people no, no. that don't do that sort of thing. No. The best the best line in this this review though is the bit at the end because it doesn't make sense. I just want to read this out again. This movie is great. I do hope to see a continuation to this, considering how it ended with the need to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of need for continuations in there yeah, I think yeah. very desperate for the continuation he wants to see the Gundam suit mowing down predator after predator turning it predator in. it's just not going to work no we need to be the underdogs in all the in all these films we need to be yeah yeah, the underdogs and the fleshy ones not nothing else that's it yeah that's it works. doesn't work otherwise so it's a shame, but that's another one staying in the bunker. I don't think anyone wants to see this film. Unless no, Lock and Key, just put 12 it. 12-year-old again. I think this, look again, a lot of these movies, I think it's just for underage people. Uh, kids, basically, that would watch this and go, whoa, that is so cool. Um, I don't think they, even kids would be impressed with this. Do you not? No. I think I think 12-year-old me would probably have had a bit of a hoot watching it, to be honest. I, I guess I think it's like the Star Wars prequels, isn't it? It's like if you'd seen them first, you kind of go, "Oh, that was all right," and then then it would just get better. Well, yeah, up to that point. But yeah, nah, there, yeah. So that's two thumbs down. That's our new rating. <laughs> it's our new rating system, isn't it? Brilliant. Dodosh. That was when my so, thumbs came down. Well, I would say last last episode. I think I may have gone on a bit of a, a downer. Maybe I may have gone a little bit too. Um, what's the word when you ple- pleady too pleady oh yeah you begged like a bitch I begged I begged I begged and I'm, and I'm hoping that when you do this edit that you'll put some suitable music behind this bit because this is like I need some sort of rousing music or some maybe some some, some music to oh, help like a, like a call to arms da, 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 da. or maybe something maybe move people emotionally into wanting to do something for right okay try a different angle but see you know when you're 
listening to this podcast and you've downloaded it and you're excited because yes you're going to hear Matthew and Chris's voices again I wonder if Matthew's going to you know do that thing and where he talks about you know movies and subgenres and stuff like that and, going to on and, on and it's so funny and oh whether Chris is going to be able to put a sentence together without stuttering or whatever place I can't wait and so you'll sit down you'll download and you think Christ it's all the effort they go to, to to edit this and put this together and the least I could do the very least I could do is drop pop on to my internet provider uh, or, or sorry to my app provider and I would then give them a rating and write a really good review just to say hey look you're doing really well keep going uh, we, we need to hear more of uh, Chris and Matt Matt and Chris in our ear holes um, and then yeah it would make us happy follow us on Twitter follow us on Facebook page and on Instagram get involved with all our chit chat make us feel like we're doing this um, for uh, not just for ourselves, but for for you guys out there as well. Thank you. Okay, so I, I don't know if that was more pleady or less pleady than last time. It started off quite upbeat, but then you went pleady again. Yeah, it didn't work, did it? Um, I won't do it again, um, but just say, <laughs> uh, just, yeah, thanks. That That's it. And uh, see you next time, I guess. Matthew. You're like someone that's being broken up with on text. You're like, no, no, why? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just need to know why. Well, I, that happened to me once. I was I was um, dumped on via text message by a girl, an ex girlfriend, oh, and I had literally that evening we were going out. I'd literally come home from work, but I had bought her flowers, <laughs> <gasps> and um, she texted me said, "Just telling me he's working." I was like, "Why?" <laughs> it's, not, um, it's not. It's not you. It kind of is you, but it, it's me. It's just not really. You're just not really. You know, we don't think we're compatible. I said. I think we are. So, no, it's best that we just end it here. I said, I've bought you flowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That is one of the saddest things I've ever heard. <laughs> so I walked over the road and I gave them to my brother's wife because <laughs> they lived over the road from me. I went, yeah, well, but my girlfriend's just dumped me. You can have these. She went, oh, thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Any flowers gratefully received there? Yeah, it's like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> didn't pick up the obvious, obvious subtext and you're like well I'll go back home then <laughs> yeah I know coming for a drink coming for tea I was like no girl I'll go back to a bed sit it's fine so, <laughs> yeah so there you go don't buy flowers for your girlfriend because you never know what's going to happen <laughs> oh, that's great um, great relationship advice the other thing the other time in terms of being dumped I was dumped quite um, severely dumped actually when I, uh, years and years ago but this is a slightly different and better story because at the time I knew something was wrong. Um, but my then girlfriend waited for Star Trek DS9 to finish before telling me. It was almost like they knew that they would, couldn't make my night any worse if, or they would make it worse if they interrupted uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. They actually physically waited for the end credits to say, Chris, I've got to tell you something. <laughs> Maybe they were just bang into it and just like, ah, oh, no, I was going oh, no. to mention it at the start, but I really need to find out how this, this episode finishes. No, no, definitely not. It was my thing on a Monday night and that was my, that was my thing. I had to watch it without interruptions. It was just a way. Why day. would anyone dump something like that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Christ, I wonder why. Well, <laughs> that went horribly wrong. Hold yeah, on, love. I... I'm watching DS9. You can fucking <laughs> speak to me afterwards. <laughs> yeah, don't talk. Don't, don't talk. talk.
don't talk, don't chew, don't masticate. In fact, don't even nothing. This is. I've got to fucking how, rewind that now because I missed all of that. <laughs> I want to see how Odo's getting on with uh, you know, what was his name, the captain? Oh gosh, just know this. This should be yeah, great. Yeah, you, you, it's your thing, man, not mine. I always thought Star Trek was a big pile of shite. Right, that's it. Cheerio. Thanks for that. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks for sharing. Okay, yeah, so uh, we could do your breakups uh, next episode. I'm sure listeners will be uh, excited to hear how things went terribly wrong for you over the years. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to overshare. <laughs> All right. Okay, so until next time, we'll drop what, what, what film we do as we go because there's no point telling what we're going to do because we never know what from one. From no, one but part. the next podcast will be um, Adele Drover's interview. Yes. Good. Um, about Valerian. Um, which and is on City TV. of a Thousand Planets. It's not a City of a Thousand. It's a, yeah, it's a City of a Thousand Worlds, I think. I don't, I don't know. It's just a, I've got a real black spot for that film title. I'm just going to call it Valerian. And, Valerian. Um, we'll, we'll leave it at that. And it's on TV, you said? It's on, it's on TV soon, yeah. yeah. It's, okay, got, it's, cool. it's, it's a Film 4 preview, because it was a Film 4 film, wasn't it? Most Canal Plus Film 4 film little gigs oh right yeah well until next time then look forward to that one yep take care bye bye ciao